tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight only on Disney+. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. What's up, everybody? You are watching slash listening slash definitely enjoying the Command Zone podcast. I'm one of your hosts today, Jimmy Wong, and I'm joined by... Ashlyn Rose! What's up, everyone? Hello, Ashlyn. How have you been recently? Haven't seen... We haven't done a podcast together in a while, like a full thing. This is cool. Yeah, it's been a minute. I'm, I am great, actually. Life is good, and I am excited to be here. I have blue hair now. Yeah, so. and we're talking about a deck with blue in it. Yeah. That's right. It's pre-con upgrade time, our favorite time of the year. Now happens five, eight, 20 billion times a year. A lot. Uh, but we're in. We're on the streets of New Capenna, and we're talking about Obscura Operation. Obscura, that is the deck with... With the colors of white, blue, and black. And it's very excited. We're going to take 10 cards out, put 10 cards in, under $30, keeping it budget so that you can, most importantly, buy this deck, go out, sleeve it up, put these cards in, and have a great time at, you know, a lot of Commander Nights. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, you know, some decks can be more powerful out there, but this is helping you get towards that level and actually stand a chance and have some fun. But first, before we get into it, got to talk about our sponsors. And who are they? ChannelFireball.com slash command. Channel Fireball has uh, an amazing marketplace that are that's filled with local game stores, LGSs across the country they are wpn certified and all that stuff it may be even the game store that you go to but now you can buy from them online because of course that's a great way for a lot of businesses to stay afloat during yes. these crazy times so support a local game store go and use the channel fireball marketplace because you're going to buy magic cards anyway why not support a game store and get a great price know you're going to get great service because you're working with a real legitimate business at the other end of it not to mention they also got sealed product and we got new capenna we have unlimited uh is it called no it's not called unlimited it's called infinity oh yeah the new one Infinity. Infinity and beyond. Yeah. Uh, and those have some beautiful lands in it. I'm really excited. Oh so gosh. make sure you check out channelfireball.com slash command for your pre-orders and all of your magic needs. Of course, also, if you're going to pick up this deck, perfect place to do it. Yes. Big thanks also to Ultra Pro, who make our playmats that we sell on Kickstarter. They also make just at probably every playmat you've played on, most Pretty all much, of them. yeah. And they are the standard, and that's why we trust them to protect our magic cards. We put our playmats in their playmat tubes. We use their deck boxes. We put our cards into their sleeves. I use their art sleeves all the time. I have uh, Eclipse sleeves that I've been using for five plus years now. Wow. The same ones. Now, I haven't drafted as much with them recently, but they're amazing. They're just workhorses for specific things like that, but they also make 100 card sleeves for your commander deck so ultra pro the place to go you can also just buy it at your local game store and support them in yep. two ways and us at the same time amazing and finally direct way to support the show is patreon.com slash command zone our patreon is amazing we just revamped it there are now chances for you to play with the command zone staff on spell table uh hello you want to sign up and support the show and, and, and just show us that you you know want to support us directly you've enjoyed our content over the years you can do it for as little as five dollars a month and you're open to tons of cool things including game nights auditions which may or may not still be happening yeah. by this episode episode um but that's just one of the many perks we have in the amazing discord and all that and we shout out one lucky patron every episode so this episode is dedicated to ben, ben randall, randall. We choose these randomly but ben randall joined actually super recently i believe after the revamp so oh, ben you rock, you rock. 
Yeah, and we also have our, we just launched a merch store. Yes. Not too long ago. Not too long ago. Check it out. We have a hat, a t-shirt, and an amazing sticker pack. You are going to want to slap that salty or the spicy sticker on something guaranteed. Uh, I can't wait to get mine in the mail, but make sure you check it out. Uh, Store, believe, or shop.commandzone.com. Yeah, it's in the notes. It's in the notes. It's It's in the 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 description, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's get right into it. The Obscura Operation Precon Budget Upgrade Guide. 10 cards in, 10 cards out, $30 total. And of course, we do a nice little coverage of the whole deck. And the first thing we always do is talk about the brand new commander options. Yeah. Woo! So, Ashlyn, lead it off. Tell us who the front card of the deck is. The one and only. All right. On the front, we have Kamiz Obscura Oculus. Ooh. It's a one colorless, a white, blue, and a black. It's a legendary creature, Cephalid Rogue, 2-4. Mm. Uh, and it says, when you... Whenever you attack, target attacking creature can't be blocked this turn. It connives. Then choose another attacking creature with less power, lesser power, whatever. <laughs> that creature gains double strike until end of turn. Whoa, okay. And conniving is a new mechanic from New Capenna. Haha. It says to have a creature to have a creature connive, draw a card, then discard a card. If you discard a non-land card, put a plus one plus one counter on that creature. So Kamiz or Kamiz says every time that you attack, doesn't need to be this commander. It could be another one one. It could be something else on your battlefield. When it attacks, you say uh, that creature can't be blocked yes. this turn. And then should you have another creature attacking, you can choose that creature. As long as it has a lesser power, it's going to gain double strike. And that means pretty much you don't want to block that thing either. No. Uh, it's going to be pretty nasty, whatever it ends up being. So uh, I saw you noted here that of the commander options, this is the lowest mana value. So it's sitting yes. at four. It's sitting at four. I think the other two, uh, one of them's at like eight. Six. Six. There we go. Yeah. I can and the other one is, is at like five. five. But two colors. Yeah. So yeah, I think this is really interesting. I do like the fact that you're giving double strike. To me, we talked about underrated mechanics recently. Josh said haste and I said first strike or just like mm, combat type yeah. stuff. Because I really think double strike is one of those things where, you know, you only have so many turns to kill someone. If you can hit them twice, you know, extra combats are good. Double strike is kind of similar in a way. Yeah, and we'll get into it later, but double strike is extra good in this deck because mm. of all the damage triggers. Ah, very cool. Yeah, so there's lots of creatures that care about deal- dealing combat damage. Another reason. And of course, if you have like the swords or anything that triggers oh. on hit, those also work well with double strike. So really cool. I like Kamiz a lot, or Kamiz. Yeah. Big K. <laughs> um, what else today? Oh, and I also mentioned that the fact that connive happens and then you choose another creature and you have an opportunity to fix uh, ah. the creatures uh, to make, like maybe you have two one ones and you need something with lesser power. You tag with both of them. One of them connives. Yeah. Hopefully, it's a non-land that you discard, and then you get a one counter on it, and then boom, you have a two-two and a one-one, and then you can choose the other one to get double strike. Double strike, yeah. So it's just oh. a nice little, a yeah. lot of nice things on it. Yeah, it, it definitely synergizes really well with itself, and I think for me, the biggest thing is uh, this commander itself does not need to attack. Yes. Something else can do it, and so you don't risk the life of it. It's also card advantage on a stick. Very cool. Okay. Right, next up. Next up, we got Tivit, Seller of Secrets. I wonder how much they cost. <laughs> Three, a white, blue, and a black for a legendary creature, Sphinx Rogue. It is a 6-6, six, six, and it has flying and ward three. So anytime you target it uh, and the opponent targets it, they have to pay an extra three mana. Yep. And it says Council's Dilemma. We haven't seen this text in a while. Okay. Whenever Tivit enters the battlefield or deals combat damage to a player, starting with you, each player votes for evidence or bribery. So I play Tivit. I say evidence. Ashland says bribery, and the other two say evidence and bribery. For each evidence vote, investigate. For each bribery vote, create a treasure token. 
And the final line of text, when while voting, you may vote an additional time. So actually, I cast Tevin and I say, I want bribery twice. And yeah. then everyone goes around. And then you tally it up. Most likely, you're going to get two treasures that you voted for and everyone else gives you a clue. So two treasures, three clues uh, on entering the battlefield or dealing combat damage for Tivit. Which is pretty good. I mean, it well, is... Well, that is five artifacts yeah. in a row. There's a card called Time Sieve, I think, where you sack five artifacts and take an extra turn. Oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, so oh, that's, that's just a five while. artifact generator right here with Tivit. Yeah, and with Double Strike... Yeah, oh my gosh, and you're doing 10? You get four? <laughs> oh my god. Wow, that's pretty wild. I mean, it does have to be the lesser of the power creatures, but still, yeah, like six, the six. dream scenario here. Yeah, yeah, if you have a 7-7 seven, seven out and somehow get Tivit double strike, but even then, Tivit is by itself very powerful. Yes. Uh, you're getting at least two treasures if you want to go treasures, um, and if, hey, if your opponents decide to give you treasures for some reason, maybe they don't want you to have cards, you could have zero cards in hand. Right. I could see someone giving someone a treasure if you have like 20, 10 lands out, and no cards in hand, I would give them treasure, actually, instead of a card draw engine yeah and like we you've talked about before just treasures are so powerful even just one treasure is just good treasure it yeah. kind of pays for itself a little bit over time that's right well yeah when you cast it it costs six mana but you're going to guaranteed if you vote for treasure both times get two treasures so that's like four mana total for him treasures are very good so tivit also very powerful yeah okay let's talk about the last one up last but not least we have oscar the rubbish reclaimer wait oh my hold gosh. on is that oscar the grouch <laughs> hold on this oscar has a k in it notably yes but this is oscar rubbish reclaimer oh my gosh i just got that there's no been looking at this deck <laughs> there's no way that they did this on purpose right let us know in the comments. Okay. Okay. It is uh, three blue and black. It's a human wizard. It's a three, three. And it says this spell costs one less to cast for each different mana value among cards in your graveyard. Whenever you discard a non-land card, you may cast it from your graveyard. Oh, okay. Very cool. So it could cost just blue and the black if you have a one drop, two drop, and three drop in your graveyard. Yes. Uh, but anytime you discard, this is the cool thing. Anytime you discard, you can cast it from your graveyard. And it doesn't say till end of turn. It just says yeah. you can do it. Does Well, I assumed that meant like as soon as this happens, do you, is it just that may a be the present? Case. Yeah. I, it's interesting because I don't know if it adds the text to the card. This is something that we'll have to check later. But either way, it's still pretty powerful because yeah. if you're discarding instants and sorceries, which you, I'm assuming you're doing here. But even if you discard like an enchantment, this is a human wizard. There's a lot of cool spells and things that wizards can do. So it, even creatures, you could discard and cast it. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Yeah, I believe you have to cast it at that moment. But even so. It's still nice. Yeah, it's giving you that option. Instead of pitching a card, you get to use it. Yeah, you get to use mana. it. Yeah, yeah. And um, your commander... I like it. Yeah. Com is connives, and you're going to be looting with connives, so. Very it's interesting. Nice. That's right. You got card draw on Cam is here. Okay. So if you're in a Graveyards Matters deck, you maybe want to run good old Oscar. Yeah. Also, um, it's just a flavor score because. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a rubbish reclaimer, and it's also literally going through the graveyard, so I appreciated that. I don't know if Oscar the Grouch would be blue-black, though. No. He kind of strikes me as a gruel, red-green kind of guy. I was going to say the same. Yeah. He's definitely gruel. <laughs> okay, so now that we've talked about the three commander potentials, again, only uh, the first two are in the full colors of Oscar. Oscar is just a two-color commander. Let's talk about the... Do, 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 do. Stats. 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 <laughs> Wizards have been doing great with these stats and this deck, believe it or not, it ain't no different. It's juicy for sure. Yep. So this is a white, blue, black deck. So you're not going to see as much ramp in the land side, but that doesn't mean you can't have ramp at all for this That's deck right. has 12. 
And 12 ramp spells. Yeah, it's 12. Every artifact, aside from talismans, that it could put in this deck, it right. has pretty much. It's pretty nice. Yeah, I, I, it's actually great because the card draw here is also extremely high. It's 14 sources of card draw. Your commander is like half a card because it's card advantage, but you're getting a lot of selection with the connive. So there's yeah. a lot of good stuff going on there. And Tivit is just nuts. Uh, that's if you get, you know, clues that technically is card advantage as well. So there's a right. lot of card draw in here. And uh, there's also a good amount of removal, especially single target removal. Mm. We've got over 11 different pieces of single target removal. Wow. It's got one of my favorite spells, Utter End. Because you're in white and black, you have access to pretty much all of the most amazing removal spells of all time for Commander specifically. Yeah. Um, so even if you're running around and you have some extra white, black removal spells lying around that you can put into the deck, that might not be a war the worst idea either. Yeah. You got swords, the plowshares and stuff in there too. Yeah, so. there's swords in there. There's, Very like, good there's stuff. some new ones. Yeah. It's really good. And then board wipes, there's three, Okay, which cool. is fine for this deck. Yeah. You yeah. want to be attacking. You want to be attacking. You probably don't want to be wiping the board as much. Uh, it's probably hard to rebuild, especially, you know, when your commander costs four, then six, then eight. But attacking is what it's mostly about. So that makes sense. Speaking of attacking. Yeah. There are 22 cards that care about attacking or give you on combat damage triggers. Yes. So you want to turn them sideways? You got it. Uh of course, dealing combat damage is also important because you need to be able to not get blocked. So there's a lot of evasion in the deck. There's 21 ways to evade your opponents or have things that care about evading yeah. them. And 22 triggers that care about it. That seems pretty nice, actually. That's yeah. Almost one for one. Smack them. Smack them in the face. Uh, 14 cards that care about the graveyard. If you're in blue and black, you're probably going to have a few of these just naturally. So that's good to see. And then five cards that have connive on it. Connive isn't the theme of the deck, by the way. It's a thing the deck does. But really, it's about attacking, giving that double strike, and getting some card advantage. Yeah. Okay. So those are some great stats, uh, which is awesome because it means that when we get to the part where we have to add cards and take them out, we don't need to be cutting things just to add ramp right. and all that stuff. We can actually focus on making the deck uh, do some more cool stuff. Okay, now let's talk about the total reprint value. Oh. This is something that people really love to talk about, and we always cover it on the show. What we do, we take the prices prior to the deck being revealed, and then we add up all of the reprints of the cards here that don't count the new cards because, again, prior to the reveal, no one even knows what the new cards are right. worth. So there could be some hidden extra value there. There quite often is. Dockside Extortionist was the most famous case <laughs> of this in most recent years. Okay, the total reprint value, Ashlyn, Can pretty it? good, yeah. Uh, the total reprint value is $120.97. Wow. The crowd goes wild. Uh, just so you know, the average re pre-con reprint value for the past three years has been around 80 bucks. So this is $40 over the average. This is by far one of the most <laughs> uh, valuable reprints uh, in terms of what they're they're giving here, which is great. This is the, definitely the highest value pre-con, I believe, from Series of New Capenna. Yes, it, it absolutely is. And several others. It's just, it's juicy. It is juicy. So let's talk about those notable reprints because because maybe you're just a collector and you're going to take this deck apart after you buy it on channelfireball.com slash command. Uh, the notable reprints, all cards worth more than $2. There were eight of them worth more than five and 17 of them worth more than four, two. Yeah. So that's where a lot of that value comes. 17 different cards that are worth $2 or more definitely adds up. But eight cards, $5 or more, typically we see like three or yeah. two. Sometimes even one. They definitely like just so many Esper or Demir. Yeah. 
that I, you haven't seen in a while too, so I'm pretty excited. Yep. So the first one, we'll run through these pretty quickly because there's so many. Silent Blade Oni. This is a demon ninja. Uh, ninjas have seen a big resurgence. Um, this one in particular allows you to cast a spell from someone's hand if you ninja to it out or if you just deal combat damage. But if you do it twice in this deck, then you're casting two cards out of someone's hands. Pretty nuts. Oh, yeah. Uh, we have Rexiel the Risen Deep. What's this guy all about? Uh, I love Rexiel. Uh, Rexiel has Island and Swap Walk. And basically, whenever it deals combat damage, uh, you can cast a target or target instant or sorcery card from a player's graveyard. I think it's the one you deal damage to ah. without paying its mana cost. Um, so you get to, you kind of get to go through and nice. use other player's spells. It is um, six mana. And I, I kind of want to play Tivit more than Rexiel. Yeah, that's fair. Also, I, I Rexiel, take pressures over Boy, Rexiel gets destroyed so quickly whenever you play him uh, or them or it it's a crack people don't want their their graveyards messed with yeah rex feels a, a big baddie uh and we've seen this actually a lot of the uh the decks have these filter lands so fetid heath it's a filter land you can tap to add colorless or you can tap a white or a black to add white white black white or black black so it's a filter land it's great when you have decks that have more complex mana costs especially when it's white white or black black and we see a lot of that typically in white and black decks and then we have fallen shinobi another Ninjutsu classic, I would say. I love it. Uh, basically, it has whenever it deals combat damage, uh, that player exiles the top two cards of the library, and you can cast one of them without paying its mana cost. Nice. And you can get it out there, Ninjutsu, for just four mana. Pretty good. You're probably going to have some unblocked creatures in this when they get Double Strike or whatever it is. Um, it's interesting because both Fallen Shinobi and uh, Silent Blade Oni are in the ninjas are now popular, more popular than ever. Silent Blade Oni was like almost 20 bucks. And, really? Yeah, and Fallen Shinobi is like $6, so pretty good stuff. Next up, we have Shrionic Resonator. I don't know if I've seen this art before. It's two mana for an artifact. You tap two, to, you tap two, and you play, and you tap it. Copy target, triggered ability you control, you may choose new targets for the copy. So this is like a classic combo engine in so many EDH decks, but in this deck's case, you get to have either two triggers of Tivit, two triggers of Kamiz, lots of interesting stuff to double up on. Even the Fallen Shinobi and Silent Blade Shinobi, yeah. those are all things that Shrinic Resonator can hit. It's a 590. Wow. Great card. Uh, next, we have Alayla at 560. Uh, you know, she was a, she was she even a brawl deck. She was the brawl, yeah, yeah. One the the uh, very arc, very unfortunate arcane signet brawl decks back in the day. <laughs> uh, Layla was one of the commanders and yes. a great commander though. Yeah, she she's great. She's a fairy warlock. She has flying, death touch, life link. Uh, she buffs other creatures with flying, and um, whenever you cast an artifact or enchantment, you get to create more fairies. Yeah, um, and you need those small little creatures for be to be targets for camas when you uh, want to be swinging in. Also, Flying Death Touch Lifelink, no one's going to be blocking this thing yeah. soon. Um, Chasm Skulker is up next. One of my personal favorite cards. I put it in my chase. So Two in the blue. You basically put a bunch of plus one plus one counters on it. And when it dies, you make a ton of one one blue squid creature tokens with Island Walk, where X is the number of plus one plus one counters on Chasm Skulker. Yay. That's 525. 525. And the last one over five bucks is Quietus Spike. This is just yeah. an equipment that when you deal combat damage to a player, they lose half their life rounded up. Imagine if you double strike them. It's so good. I, when we were playtesting it, I got that out like so early. It was Ooh, ridiculous. and just put someone at like 12. It nice. was great. All right. We'll do these last few in a bunch. So okay. take the first two. Next, we have Drana, Liberator of Malakir. So these are all under the $5 category, but above two bucks. Drana, yes. great vampire lord. Drana at 435. Uh, then we have Cas Custody. 
Custody Lich. Custody Lich. And that one's going to be 435. And yeah, this one, when you have Monarch, you get, whenever you become the Monarch, uh, the target player gets to sacrifice a creature. And it introduces Monarch to the game, yes. which is more important to ETB. me because then the game gets real interesting. Everyone's swinging around and that seems like a lot of fun. Then we have Demir Signet, just a classic Signet. All the Signets you'll probably play from now until forever. They're great to mana ramp. Uh, as well as Creeping Tarpit. This is an unblockable land that turns into a man land uh, and then it can just smack people for three each turn it's a win condition oftentimes you just you need to get that extra damage in and then we got a few more here these are again all over two bucks so that's why this deck's low with value i have used most of these cards oh, in yeah. some deck or another so far this i was this deck is out of the box it's really good yeah super solid uh dragon lord ojatai love him he's flying uh hex proof as long as it's untapped and then when it deals combat damage to a player look at the top three cards of your library put one of them into your hand and the rest on the bottom of the library in any order nice so you're impulsing yeah. each time i think yeah or anticipate i think you're in play oh, yeah anticipate. anticipating and then of course austere command the classic four yeah. white white big big old board wipe yeah this and farewell are sort of like the two most powerful board wipes that white has at six mana so very good stuff and then the last is felwar stone Great mana rocket, two mana. Wayfarer's Bobble. Love this card. Uh, really good in decks that especially don't play green. And then Swords of Plowshares. Just yeah. one of the best removal spells of Always all time. solid. Of all time. Wow. So, pretty good if you're watching me on camera. It's got a grip. I got a grip. I would be... Pr no, I would not be... Well, would I keep this hand? I would turn one, creepy <laughs> tarpit. To, yeah, okay. Turn two, Fetid Heath, and play Demir Signet. Yeah, I was say, get those rocks out there. draw something by then, or... Wayfair's Bobble. Or I could have turned it around, right? could have played Fetid Heath, turp, tap to play Wayfair's Bobble, untap, hope I draw a land. <laughs> there's only one land, two lands in here. Okay, okay. We we'll don't play there. this experiment, yeah. Either way, great cards. Uh, definitely very cool. Love this deck so far. So, Ashlyn... Big question now is who should you run as the commander if you're to buy this deck right now mm -hmm. and want to go play with it? Uh, commas, 100%. The deck is built and tuned already and like to support commas and commas supports it. Mm -hmm. uh, Tevit's nice. I think it's better in the 99 for this deck. Yeah. As is out of the box. Tevit would be great to just go and build with. Yeah, otherwise, take the whole deck apart and build specifically around Tevit. I can definitely see that happening, yeah. Yeah, but just... Commas is just so strong with all of the attack and damage triggers. It just benefits from having him as the commander. Yeah, very interesting stuff. I, I, I so far even just like sort of looking through the deck and and from the small amount of research I was able to do, I, I think this is by far the most powerful deck. And <laughs> yeah, and it's not even so that the commander is necessarily the most powerful. I think Commas' ability is fun, but it's more that it just has a very solid game plan, and you're not going to stumble. So let's talk about some of the best cards in the deck. Yeah, let me toss this paper out here. Yeah. <laughs> I got another one here. Ugh. Oh, my. Okay. Best cards in the deck. All right. Best this cards first one. in the deck. It's a new one. Uh, well, change of plans. Uh, <laughs> it's X, uh, colorless, and a blue for an instant. Each of X target creatures you control connive. You may have any number of them phase out. Ooh. So I, I really like this card. It's instant protection against board wipes. Any number of them? Any number of them. Wow. Which, okay. I mean, you're going to choose all, right? I yeah, feel like. well, you have to pay for all of it, obviously. Yeah. But if you have three creatures, this is five mana. All of them connive. And then if they are facing a board wipe, you just have them phase out. They whoop, they disappear until uh, your controller's next turn. How'd that go? Uh, they, whoop. they whooped. Whoop. There it is. Change of plans. Yeah, so this is kind of like Teferi's Protection. This is kind of like Heroic Intervention. Yeah. Uh, and it seems pretty good. 
And this deck needs it because you don't want to get a board wipe. You want to attack every turn right. if you can. So. Right. You don't want to be chilling. And you get card draw. Yeah. So uh, Next up, best card in the deck is Tivit, Seller of Secrets. Again, this is just awesome. If you connect once with Tivit, it is going to be pretty powerful. Uh, I like it. Yeah. The next up is Sun Titan! Titan! So why did you like this card so much in this deck specifically? Okay, so I could be biased because I just love the Titans and I think Sun Titan's a great card. I think in this deck, pretty it's... Pretty swell guy. He's pretty swell. Um, there... Where did it, well, did I have a note of it? Yes, there are 28 non-land targets in the deck. Okay, so um, that Wayfarer's Bobble they were talking yeah, about earlier. Yeah, all, a lot of the creatures are three and under. So Sun Titan is great for anything you're pitching to the graveyard that's not a non-land. Oh, you're conniving, that's right. You get it back with Sun mm-hmm. Titan. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's so synergistic. I just... Ugh. Mwah. Love it. I like that too. That's good stuff. Uh, we also got Smuggler's Share. Forgot to talk about this card. We talked about this on oh, our yeah. live episode with Posty. But this is two and white for an enchantment. May go in a lot of decks. At the beginning of each end step, draw a card for each opponent who drew two or more cards this turn. Then create a treasure token for each opponent who had two or more lands enter the battlefield under their control this turn. So this is one of those enchantments in decks that don't have green that might just need a little bit of extra help. Yeah. Uh, and then you also put this really interesting <laughs> card down. Uh, I'm actually, I think this actually has a lot of playability because it is kind of cheap and it's very much yeah. like, uh, a little bit like Swan Song. It's an offer you can't refuse. Actually, it's an offer you can't refuse. An offer you can't, I'm going to go off like how feels. Okay, it's one blue for an instant counter target non-creature spell. Its controller creates two treasure tokens. Yeah. So instead of giving them a 2-2 bird, uh, whatever it is, with Swan Song, you're giving them two treasure tokens, but it is just one blue, and it counters any Any. non-creature spell, whereas Swan Song is a bit more limited. So that's interesting. You could do Planeswalkers, Enchantment Sorceries, all that good stuff. It's also just really fun to say. So, like, at any game, you are, like, <laughs> I challenge you not to read it that way. Hey, I'd like to uh, give you an offer. <laughs> of yeah, it's pretty interesting. I think the two treasures is a bit of a drawback, but yeah. this could be late game, right? And the two treasures are not that much of a difference maker when the opponent has eight lands. Uh, or it could be super early, and yeah, they get a little boost out of it, but you stop something that was disastrous for you, and you're- all you had to do was hold up one blue. Yeah. Even better, if you have a blue-white combo land, you could pretend like you're holding up Swords of Pleasures, too. Oh, ho, ho. So, yeah, I do like an offer your combo. Ho. <laughs> it gets worse every time. I'm off for your combo. Oh, yeah, it sounds like a Murloc. <laughs> well, not Murlocs, but we do have a mineral break coming up right now. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the cards to add, honorable mentions, and, of course, the cards to take out of this deck. We'll be right back. All righty. Hello. We're back. <laughs> And we're talking about the Obscura Plecon, pre- Precon, Obscura Operation. A lot of uh, alliteration in this set. What, I keep thinking of a song when I hear that. It's like, what is, how does it go? It's like something, something, Operator. Oh, they got that. Wait. Yeah, 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 that's it. Da, ba, da, 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 is that like in Tony Hawk or something? I don't it know. It might have been. Or, like, it's by Rock the Band? Offspring, I believe. You got to call them. Now, I don't think it's Operator, is it? Oh my gosh, have I been singing it wrong this whole time? Maybe. Either way, it's Probably. Offspring, and it's, <laughs> no, that's the song we wrote for this episode. Yes. You got us, Obscura Operator. Okay. <laughs> so, Ashlyn, when you were looking at cards to add into this deck and cards <laughs> to take out, what, what was your general direction? What were you trying to do? I was trying to make my opponents as miserable as possible. No, I'm just kidding. Nice. Um, I wanted to go a mill route because... Uh-huh. I don't usually play blue, and if I do, I'm playing Mill. Uh, that was my first deck, Una, Queen of the Fae. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, nice. so, uh, yeah, we're going to be milling in this deck, a little at least. 
Okay, cool. So uh, again, the budget is about $30 for this exercise. So let's go through the cards now that we know that we're focused a little bit more on milling, not only by ourselves, of course, but our opponents yes. too. I would say milling and, so we went mill and damage uh, triggers, Some basically. Triggers? Yeah, just okay. to take advantage of it. But yes, uh, $30. I spent a bunch of it on this first card. You did almost card. half the almost half the budget goes to this first card. <laughs> it's worth it. It's a good card. It's Douthy Voidwalker. You're gonna hear us talk about this card probably a lot. I know. It's also a rogue, which is kind of thematic because all the other creatures here yeah. are rogues. It's black black for a three two with shadow, so can't be blocked. Can be blocked or can block or be blocked only with creatures with shadow. This is never gonna come up. Just unless you're playing, I think Ukima has shadow. Okay. Yeah, I looked up. I tried to see if there was a lot of cards that I could use shadow with, but no, there's not no. many at all. Not at all. Uh, it just has shadow because it, you know he's in the shadows. All right, and it says if a card will be put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, instead exile it with a void counter on it. So that's just great by itself. Yes. Anytime a card will be put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, discard from the deck, whatever you get, it gets exiled. It doesn't never hits the graveyard. And you can also tap and sack the Douthy Voidwalker to choose an exiled card in the opponent controls with a void counter on it. You can play it this turn without paying its mana cost. Ooh, that's, wow. that's the nice thing there. So this card comes out early. It sticks around. It makes opponents miserable because they can't do their graveyard synergies. And then at the opportune moment, you crack it, play that card without paying its mana cost. And if we're doing a mill deck, even if you get it late game, it's great because you've put so many of your opponent's cards in their graveyard. Oh, into exile. Oh, into exile. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you're just milling a bunch, then Douthy Voidwalker is just taking out yeah. chunks of their deck over and over and over again. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, and it feels bad to use removal on it too. You're just hoping that you, that the Douthy Voidwalker doesn't get something really good from you. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have uh, at four dollars Nashi Moon Sage's Scion. This is from Kamigawa. It's a new card. Uh, it says it's one black black. It's a Rat Ninja with Ninjutsu four, and whenever Moon Sage. Whenever Moon Sage's Scion deals combat damage to a player, exile the top card of each player's library. Library, there we go. <laughs> Until end of turn, you may play one of those cards. If you cast a spell this way, pay life equal to its mana value rather than paying its mana cost. Wow, that's cool. So it's very similar to like Ball Assassin, where you're paying life for the card off of someone's library in this case. Uh, so you're going to deal combat damage, obviously. You're going to ninjutsu yeah. this in for three in the black, or you're just going to play it for three, and then hopefully you can get in for damage. Yeah, because... your commander makes it unblockable. Yeah, exactly. And so even if you don't get the double trigger, you're going to get that single trigger, and you get to cast one of those spells, and you can cast it for your life total. So if someone drops like a Kozilek off the top of their library yes. and it's turn five, you'll probably cast that thing. Cast, by the way. So you're going to get all the cast oh, that's triggers right. and end of the battlefield triggers. about that. Yeah, pretty powerful. Now, obviously, you cannot play any lands. No, you can. You can play one of those cards. Oh, my gosh. So. That's great. Nashi's very good in this deck. Um, just by himself as a one black, black rat ninja. Pretty awesome, too. All right. Next up, we got Virtus the Veiled. At one dollar. Nice. One, uh, two in the black for a one, one. Azra Assassin. It has partnered with a card called Gorm the Great, but Gorm's not making an appearance here. Nope. Vir Vir Virtus has Death Touch, and then whenever Virtus the Veil deals combat damage to a player, that player loses half their life, rounded up. Camus gives this unblockable. Yes. You've got redundancy in this deck because you got Quietus Spike. Imagine if you just managed to swing this at someone and get double strike on it. It's, it's a, it's a four-turn clock, essentially. Yeah, you'll go from 40 to 20, 20 to 10, 10 to 5, 5 to 3. 3 to 1, you die. Pretty cool. Yeah. Love it. This next card, <laughs> incredibly powerful. Yes. Uh, the next card is $1. It is Consuming Aberration for three blue and a black. It's a creature horror. Uh, its power and toughness is star star, which means it's 
uh, equal, equal to, to the number of cards in each of your opponent's graveyards. Okay. Or not each, sorry. Just your opponent's graveyard. Same thing, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whenever you cast a spell, each opponent reveals cards from the top of their library until they reveal a land card. Then puts those cards into their graveyard. Wow. So, look, Consuming Aberration and Doubtly Voidwalker, a little bit of a nonbo. But let's say there's at least one card in the graveyard. This is a 1-1. One, one, and then Doubtly Voidwalker just starts chewing up everything you exile. Or you just turbo mill people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very cool. So this gets a lot of cards into the graveyard. It also gets a lot of cards, uh, you know, just for you to look at because maybe there's ways to interact with them or you just want to get them out of people's decks. Just because graveyards are powerful doesn't mean that every card needs to be in the graveyard. So a lot of times you'll find yourself milling someone out and they go, oh, crud, there goes one, not only the card I needed, but two, the card I need to use to get it back from my graveyard. <laughs> so Consuming Aberration has sort of that ability because you're revealing it until you hit a land. Sometimes you'll get like pockets of five, six, ten yeah. cards. And then I would say like if you can knife Consuming Aberration, then even if stuff stops going to your, the graveyards... It still stays. Right. Mirko Vosk, Mind Drinker. Haven't seen this card in a while. <laughs> it's also only $1. Yeah, because it's all milrific. Three blue and a black for a 2-4 with flying. Whenever Mirko deals combat damage to a player, that player reveals cards from the top of their library until they reveal four land cards, then puts those cards into their graveyard. So that's consuming aberration times four. Yeah, it's it's on steroids. Yeah, that's uh, definitely going to get a lot of people milled out. And you're going to make a big impact 100% if that thing connects. And what's the part? It's a 2-4. Two, four, so two, four with it, flying. it could get double strike very very easily. That's right. That's a good point. Uh, next up, we have Raven Guildmaster at $2.50. Whenever Guildmaster deals combat damage to a player, that player removes the top 10 cards of their library from the game. Wow. And you can also morph it and unmorph it for four mana. Uh, that's nice. That is a lot of cards getting removed. Yeah. And I figured mor you don't even have to worry about the morph the morph morph there murf. we go I, I keep wanting to say morph uh morph cost because you're again your commander gives unblockable and it's just, true it's nice i should make a morph token that's just murph's face on it maybe oh that could gosh, be why haven't we done that yeah there we go yes all right next up silas ren seeker adept one of my favorites uh, i played this on game that's a long time ago one yeah. blue black for a two two legendary artifact creature with death touch whenever silas ren deals combat damage to a player choose target artifact card in your graveyard you may cast that card this turn seems really good with wayfarer's bobble um yeah it's it's a nice little loop yeah and this card's pretty pretty uh not too bad either but this is around like six bucks and if people want to get rid of um what is it your quietest spike quietest spike quietest spike for sure quietest spike uh your strionic resonator i can't yeah. pronounce anything today i'm sorry those are definitely um, big targets yeah okay uh up next at 20 cents uh master of Prigate. Master of Predicaments. What a predicament, this word. <laughs> okay, so this card is definitely more of a pet card going in this deck, but I think it's so fun if it connects. Uh, it is three blue-blue. It's a Sphinx, 4-4. Four, four. It has flying. Whenever Master of Predicaments deals combat damage to a player, choose a card in your hand. That player guesses whether the card's converted mana cost is greater than four. Uh, if that player guessed wrong, you may cast the card without paying its mana cost. Wow. So I deal combat damage to you. I, look, I point a card at banks go, is this mana cost greater or less than four? Yeah. And what do you say? I say less than. 
Okay, well, it turns out it's an eight drop. You were no. wrong. I cast it for free. <laughs> and if you, you can double. Do you, do you always say that's going to be le greater than four because you're just afraid? So that means Master Predicaments, no matter what, pretty much is going to be casting your four drops and below for free? Yeah, yeah. Especially if you late game, like, who knows what you have in hand? Yeah, I, I'm always saying greater than four because I don't want them to put out oh, the Neldrazi. Oh, sense, yeah. And then most of the creatures are less than four, but still. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Very nice. And double, doubling that up with... Uh, with with Kami's also sounds good. 4-4 four, four is a little harder, but look, you're conniving. You're yeah. making your creatures bigger. Very cool. All right, next up, we got Teferi's Tutelage. Two in the blue for an enchantment. When Teferi's Tutelage enters the battlefield, draw a card, then discard a card. Whenever you draw a card, target the opponent mills two cards. Excuse <laughs> you, Ashlyn. So this Whoops. means that every time you connive, right? Uh, yeah. Every time you get a lot of conniving going there, you're just making people mill like crazy. Yeah, and I figured like it'd be nice to have just a little extra card draw when we get to cards to take out, but... It's just nice. It, it works with the deck. Yeah, you're going for that mill strategy. I am. I don't know if I, uh, I'm loving it. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's yeah, okay. Uh, next up, we have Elixir of Immortality at 60 cents. It is a colorless, uh, and then it has tap, pay two and tap. You gain five life, shuffle it into your library with your graveyard, and nice. yeah, that's it. You get, your, you get your graveyard back. This is definitely in those decks that mill a ton. Even in decks that don't mill a ton, I, Josh could just incidentally probably place in a couple of decks and it wouldn't be that bad. Yeah. If you're in danger or you need to even rebuy some stuff because you connive so much, you're like, oh, you know, by the end of it, I was actually dishing cards I wanted in my deck. Well, Elixir of Immortality is a way for you to get that back. It's also a way for you to just save yourself from being milled out. Yeah. Okay, so a uh, little spicy ads there. We're going the Millie route. Yeah. Tons of fun. Uh, obviously, there are so many cards in Magic's history that are all about Mill. Yeah. Uh, so if you do want to go further down this road, just, you know, EDH rec, tapped out. There's tons of resources online to find sort of the best Mill strategies and how you can make it flavorful to your awful needs. <laughs> And the total for the upgrades came out to $29.05. So wow, right we're under. there. <laughs> nice. Good job. All right. Next up, we have some honorable mentions. I always love these. Yes. Uh, these are, this one's crazy. So <laughs> Ashling the Extinguisher is an honorable mention. Ashlyn the Extinguisher. Two black black for a 4-4 four, four legendary creature. Whenever Ashlyn deals combat damage to a player, choose target creature that player controls. Here she sacrifices that creature. So you get to choose. It's single target removal because you can actually choose which creature. Yeah. that. Yeah. So this can get either unblockable or double strike by Kamis. Yeah. Pretty good. It's $6. And uh, yeah, I totally chose it for that. And also possibly maybe, but not really. But there is a chance because it's Ashling. Yeah, Ashling the Extinguisher. Uh, we also have Sword of the Animist, which is an on hit uh, on attack trigger, actually. You're going to yes. be attacking a lot. You're, you actually, this is great because you still want you know, to get the attack triggers. Yeah, and this will bring a, ba a basic land on the battlefield. Tapped. Uh, Strixhaven Stadium. Why is this in here? <laughs> so I really like I it. I like it, too. I feel like you could actually get there in this deck because of how much evasion it has. Yeah, so this is a three mana that taps for a mana, but every time you tap it, you get put a point counter on it, like you're playing a game. And then also... Uh, when creatures deals combat damage to you, you remove a point yes. counter, but you get to add point counters, and how do you do that? Uh, you add it by whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to an opponent, uh, you put a counter on it, and then if it has 10 or more point counters, remove all of them, and that player loses the game. Dang. Dang. You just choose one player at a time to lose the game? Yes. That's great. Incredible. Um, Lastly, we got Bone Dancer as an honorable mention. One black, black, summon zombie. Old school. It's a 2-2. Two, two. You can pay zero to put the top creature card of defending player's graveyard into play under your control. Bone Dancer deals no combat damage this turn and uses this ability only if Bone Dancer is attacking and unblocked. And only once each turn. And it costs zero. That's cool. Yeah. So, really powerful. 
your opponents will now have to, by the way, they can't start shuffling through their graveyards because this says the top card. Yeah. Uh, there's, I think, I forget which the, um, there's another card that reanimates that cares about the top card, Shallow Grave, I think. So when this card is out, please make sure that you tell your opponents to not shuffle their graveyards. Yeah, don't look through it or anything. Well, they can look through it, just don't change the order. Yeah. Very cool. I like Bone Dancer a lot. Looks really good in this deck. It's a 2-2. Two, two. Doesn't go well in that, like, the uh, the decks that want to care about one once attacking and getting right. unblockable, but still pretty good because with Camus, that thing is not getting touched. Nope. Okay, so let's talk about some of the cards to take out. First up, we like these cards, but, but we don't like them enough compared to the cards we just added in. Yes, they are good cards, just we have to make choices. And also, by the way, if you disagree with the choice, you do you. It's your life. Skyway Robber wants to take from your life, though. Three in the blue. It's a 3-3 three, three bird rogue with flying. It has escape for three in the blue, so you can exile five other cards from your graveyard and then cast this for that mana, for four mana. Skyway Robber escapes with whenever Skyway Robber deals combat damage to a player, you may cast an artifact, instant, or a sorcery spell from among cards exile with Skyway Robber without paying its mana cost. So when you pay, uh, when you're exiling five cards from your graveyard, it says that now when you escape Skyway Robber, so you have to get into the graveyard, cast it, and exile five cards, and then swing with it, and then deal combat damage, and then you may cast an artifact, instant, or a three if you happen to exile one of them from uh casting it for escape i think i know why you cut this why it's just way too many hurdles to jump through yes. to get an effect yeah and it's if you if you exile something really powerful this becomes a huge target for removal um people will just be scared because you could be playing something crazy in your graveyard to exile with this but there's so many times when you'll have this before you even have one card in your graveyard mm -hmm. and you're like why do i have just a four mana three three flyer yeah, it does nothing. Yeah, I don't like that. Good call. Yeah. All right, next up. Next up, we have life insurance. <laughs> it is a three colorless, a white and a black enchantment. It has extort, which is whenever you cast a spell, you may pay a white or black. If you do, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. Okay. And then the actual part of the enchantment is whenever a non-creature, non-token creature dies, you lose one life and create one treasure token oh. for five mana. Yeah, so you you might think oh, I'm gonna make tons of treasure tokens with this. Revel and Riches does a similar thing. You don't really see it played that much. Uh, extort is nice. Every yeah. spell you get now, you get to pay an extra mana into it to extort. But that's not how you're trying to win the game here. You're not trying to drain people out. And yeah, five mana enchantment that kind of says non-token uh, do nothing when you first play it is a bit tough. It's it's a cool card, and I I see like there's a way where in the right deck it can kind of fund itself with the with the extort and its ability but right. it's just not for this deck i think they yeah yeah it's just it's cool next up removal we have commit to memory on the top side three in the blue for an instant that puts a target spell or non-land permanent into its owner's library second from the top and then memory for four blue blue uh you can cast it from your graveyard then you exile it uh you basically everyone shuffles their hand in graveyard into your library then draws seven cards so kind of like a wheel but you're trying to mill people out and you're trying yeah. to get cards into their graveyard and not get them back so that's gonna yeah. that's gonna be a cut there and you have better removal in the deck too so it's not too crazy exactamundo uh, next up, we have N Nadir Kraken. Sure. Nadir Kraken. Uh, it's a one blue-blue Kraken for two, three. Whenever you draw a card, you may pay one. If you do, put a plus one, plus one counter on the Kraken and create a one, one blue tentacle creature token. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. It's just we have cards that do better. Yeah. And like, how often are you going to want to pay the one? Yeah, you I mean, you're making stuff. a 1-1, one, one, but you're probably, you know, that's a lot of mana for a lot of, you know, if you're going to connive a few times or whatever, you are paying a lot. You get a lot of 1-1s. One I can True. see the advantages here, but I can also see, hey, I want to be a little more direct with what I'm doing here. It doesn't. This creature itself doesn't have evasion. Yeah. It's one blue-blue. It's a little hard to cast, so I can, I can see that. 
Greyblade Marauder, two in the black for a 1-4 with Death Touch. Whenever Greyblade Marauder deals combat damage to a player, that player loses life equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard. I could see this working if it said yeah. every player's graveyard. Yeah. I mean, it's okay, but like if you draw that and you have nothing in your graveyard, yeah, it's kind of just, oh, 1-4, what is it? Yeah, it's just a 1-4 with Death Touch. Not so hot. Next up, we have Whirler Rogue. Two blue blue, human rogue artificer. Uh, it's 2-2. Two, two. Whenever Whirler Rogue enters the battlefield, create two 1-1 one, one color Thopter artifact creature tokens with flying. Uh, and it also says, tap two untapped artifacts you control. Target creature can't be blocked this turn. Yep, so this is typically a very good card. Much better in artifact decks. You're, you can also tap the Thopters you make to make a creature unblockable, but your commander's already doing that, and this is also a 4-drop, so it seems like it's kind of competing for some space here. Yeah, and it doesn't have anything else it does, right? Like, it doesn't go with the attack damage or right, attack the or damage. damage. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, giving you an unblockable creature, if, you're, if your commander's already doing it, you might not need that a redundant as an effect. Uh, next up, Ghostly Pilfer, one in the blue, Spirit Rogue creature for, it's a 2-1. Whenever it becomes untapped, you may pay two if you do draw a card. Whenever an opponent casts a spell from anywhere other than their hand, draw a card. And then you can discard a card, Ghostly Pilfer can't be blocked this turn. So I never want to discard a card to make this unblockable. Do give it two and right. then wait to have to untap it the next turn and then pay two mana to draw a card. Not so great. Whenever an opponent casts a spell from anywhere other than their hand, draw a card. This could be useful, yeah. but also... Uh, not that great. I'd rather just sort of do something I know I'm going to draw a card with. Yeah. Um, so I understand the cut there. Makes a lot of sense. And then also, like, again, this deck out of the box was just really, really strong. There were so many cards. It was very difficult to choose what to cut. Mm -hmm. um, but we did cut them. And up next is Nightmare <laughs> Unmaking. It's three uh, black black for sorcery. Choose one. Exile each creature with power greater than the number of cards in your hand. Or exile each creature with power less than the number of cards in your hand. Okay. Which is okay, but we don't want a lot of board wipes. And yeah. this one's, the variance on it is way too high. We already have uh, Dusk Dawn and Austere Command. Yeah, so yep. that makes sense. It just made sense. Yeah, well, speaking of Dusk Dawn, I think you wanted to cut it. <laughs> Goodbye! No, 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 that wasn't a cut. That's no, just, not, that's okay. a note. We're good. Okay, good, good, good. All right, uh, and then we actually skipped over this one, but you actually have Rexiel, the Risen Deep, as oh, a cut did here. We? Yeah, that's right. It was skipped over because it got buried Bye, into Rexel. the deck. So Rexiel, it's six mana. It's a lot of mana. I can understand why you'd want to cut this. Obviously, you'd think, well, it could be really good, and maybe it is good in your meta. In that case, maybe you want to cut, like, Dragonlord Ojutai or something else, or something that's not as, you know, powerful or more powerful, depending on what you're playing as. But I can see why you cut it. Yeah, he's just a little expensive. Goodbye, Rexy. And then, oh, I'm reading this one. I don't know why I'm handing it to you. Uh, lastly, we have Jailbreak. Uh, it is one colorless and a white. It says, it's a sorcery. Uh -huh. It says, return target permanent card in an opponent's graveyard to the battlefield under their control. When that permanent enters the battlefield, return up to one target permanent card with equal or lesser mana value from your graveyard to the battlefield. Ooh, you're giving them something so yeah. you can get something? And what you get is based on what you pick for them. Yeah. Ooh, what if there is no good targets? What if their targets are so bad for you that you don't want to pick it? Is yeah. the thing in your graveyard really worth it? Jailbreak is one in the white, right? So it's cheap. You can do a permanent. Uh, so you can do a land from Lands. their graveyard yeah, to get a land for land. you. I mean, it is a way, but here's the thing. You were just ramping them in that case. Um White, of course, needs some catch-up mechanics. So Jailbreak is interesting. I think it needs uh, some more testing, I think, before we know whether or not it's good or not, or just cut it. Yeah. Um, by the way, you're in black. you got tons of cards you can play to reanimate stuff. Try yeah. checking those out. Animate Dead. Reanimate. Reanimate. A little more expensive, but... Sure. 
Okay. So that's the 10 cards out with the 10 cards in. I like that we went sort of to try and focus a little bit more on mill. Uh, there, there are some play groups, again, where if you just play incidental mill or just have more of a, some mill cards in your deck, you will just end up housing some decks. <laughs> so I don't mind going this direction, even if it's not the most ideal or performative, right? You, you can also just take the couple mill cards out if you don't agree. And the other additions Ashlyn put in here are really solid. So do what you want at the end of the day. These are just our suggestions. Uh, but it's really fun to see how everyone tackles the problem. Because to me, I'm just here to try to play some fun magic games and if we're trying to just win 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 all the time it gets a little less fun yeah why not make your opponents miserable by milling out their favorite cards <laughs> yes perfect so how does this deck play you mentioned you play tested a couple times yes so basically you want to play cheap you want to play cheap value creatures which there are a lot of in the deck yep um that benefit from the commander and then overwhelm your opponents with tons of attacks yep uh play bombs and win oh Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Attack your opponent, out. play some really powerful cards, and win the game over and out. Yeah. Or you can mill them out. Oh, yeah. Boy. Or mill them out. Yeah. I don't know about that. No thanks. But that is, of course, always an option. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. To the listeners, let us know what you think about the Obscura Operation Precon. Were there any cards you missed? Uh, what direction would you take it? What direction would you not take it? Which cards would you remove? Would you actually choose one of the different commanders as the main commander of the deck? Let's say you wanted to build a separate Tivit deck. Let us know what you would do for that as well. Or maybe an Oscar Rubbish Clamor deck that you got to be... Uh, uh, I don't know, was it altered so that Oscar the Grouch is on it? Also, for those of you out there that are like, why didn't you put Cyclonic Rift in the deck? We will never put Cyclonic Rift in any of my decks. I'm no. just putting it out there. It also is a little bit expensive with taking a huge part of your budget, too. Yeah. Yeah. Good on you. Douthy Boy Walker is better. Okay, make sure you check out channelfireball.com slash command. That's the place to go get your magic cards, your sealed product, your singles, all that great stuff because you're going to want to take part either in drafting the new sets or you just want to buy some singles for the deck you're building. You're going to build this deck or something else. You're going to buy this precon. You're going to buy all the precons. All the precons. Go to channelfireball.com slash command or enter promo code command at checkout. That's how you support our show, but... More importantly, you're getting cards for yourself at the exact same rate, and you're helping out local game stores around the country. And big thanks to Ultra Pro for sponsoring the show. They make the products you see on game nights. A lot of our products as well. A lot of our products. They've just been making quality products for the past decade plus. I've been playing with them since I was like in fifth grade, third grade. My first top loaders were all Ultra Pro, and I haven't changed because <laughs> there's no need to. They're a great company. Go to your local game store, pick up a new playmat, or go to their online store and buy some stuff there. They got tons of awesome yeah. products, and they're always doing sales and stuff too on older stuff, so you can always find a really great deal okay and step we're talking about something cool outside the world of magic do you have anything Ashley? yes i do oh my what is it uh so outside of the world of magic uh veganism oh it's veganism being vegan vegan veganism the vegetarianism vegan there's lots of different ways to change your eating habits yes uh basically over the, the beginning of the year i changed from just normal eating whatever i used to eat mm -hmm. to eating vegan and I've really, really enjoyed it and I'm kind of happy I did it. Nice. Um, it all started with a documentary called The Game Changers. Yep, I've seen it. Everyone has heard of, I'm sure. It's really good. I, I really enjoyed the documentary. It's very convincing. I will say, documentaries in general, they're going to be a little bit biased. <laughs> but uh, So take things with grains of salt sometimes. Do but your own research. They are, they are documenting very real yes. people, however, in this yes. documentary. And as crazy as it is, their lives are very true. Yeah. Uh, one of them actually is Patrick Babauman. Uh, he is a retired strong man mm. and uh, just lifter of like the most heavy things. It's ridiculous. Uh, and he's vegan. A lot. It goes over a lot of people who are vegan uh, that are like power lifters. Mm. Uh, yeah, marathon yeah. hike runners, those cr just insane athletes. Uh, incredible how much 
they're accomplishing. It's nuts. Yeah, and it's just, I'm not trying to like turn anyone vegan here. I'm just saying it, it's a really cool diet to explore. Like back in the day, I would never do it because what options are there, right? Like you oh, think of like, what of, are right. you going to eat? What are you going to make? Um, what are you going to grab when you're running out the door late for work or something? Right. What if you need to get something really quickly and fast food's your only option? Right. What if you don't live near a grocery store that has that many vegan options, you know? So there's a lot of obviously complications that get in the way of changing your eating habits. But I will say the takeaway for me, we watched, my wife and I watched The Game Changers. We watched the, there was that ocean documentary about the overfishing. Oh, yeah. Uh, there was a few sort of around that same time that all were talking about, you know, what is your impact on the world and, and what are you doing to your body too with the food yeah. that you eat? Uh, and we were trying to get pregnant at the time and we switched to a plant-based diet. So this isn't full vegan, isn't full vegetarian, but you're just eating a lot more veggies. And it's something that we have literally not stopped since. We now focus on always getting more vegetables than anything else. Uh, our stomachs love it. I get way more energy. I sleep better. There's so many different things, parts of my life where I'm not like feeling sluggish. There's so many, when I was growing up, I would always eat fast food like crazy. And you just... It's like you're loading yourself with all this stuff and then you're just sort of simmering in this, oh, I, I'm just food coma, I don't want to do anything. And then that kind of carries over. So we found that actually eating more plants and stuff really helped us. Uh, I don't know if it directly contributed, but we did get pregnant and things did succeed. Uh, so that I think was just a part of a lot of different things and having our mentality shift about how we looked at our food and how we put things into our body yeah. really did make a big difference. So even if you don't want to ever be a vegan and you love your prime rib and your steaks still check out game changers yeah it's it's really cool and like even if you do like veggie tuesdays or something like there's different ways you can incorporate things in your life Uh, again this is just what works for me i have more energy now i um just feel better there's a lot of things in animal protein and byproducts that can be inflammatory to the body and Mm -hmm. so taking that out of the picture has been very beneficial, I will say. Yeah, and I'm assuming you're eating a lot less processed foods and stuff yeah. as well. So if you have the chance to even try it for a day, for a half a day, for a meal, try it, see what happens, you know, get more in tune with your body. So that's a great call out. Uh, happy to talk always about yes. ways to live your life better. Yeah, that's it. Cool. All right. Well, thanks so much, Ashlyn, for joining us here today. And of course, a big thanks to the team here at the Command Zone, Arthur Meadowcroft, Shauna Gillis, Damon Lens, Lady Danger, Manson Lung, Craig Blanchett, Ashlyn Rose, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Patrick Nan, Jordan Pridgen, Sam Waller, Grav Galati, Truck Tie, Jamie Block, Evan Limberger, and Mitch Trafford, and how's it? Josh Lee Kwai. Yes, Josh. Special <laughs> thanks to Jeffrey Palmer. He does the living card animations often that live behind us on set. Not this one, but he also does the animations that start our videos yes. on YouTube. You can find him on Twitter at Living Cards MTG. All right, everyone, uh, go get Obscura with it, and we hope to see you on the streets of New Capenna. We'll see you next time. Bye. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com. Or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs>